Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. So, um, alrighty. I have also just this week just been journeying a bit um, in, in, with regards to just my heart and where my heart is at and, and, and um, what we're doing. And I really just feel like, like God wants to minister to the heart uh, this morning and, and get into the depths of my heart. How many of you love a good heart transplant? Hey, just <laughs> uh, So I, I just feel like God wants to, to do that in many ways. And um, so get ready and allow the Lord to minister to you uh, as, as we share. Um, all right, so Mark 12, in verse, Mark 12, verse 29, the scribes had asked Jesus, what is the first and foremost and most important covenant or commandment? And what did Jesus say? Cash flow. <laughs> no, Justin. No, we, we're talking about the heart. <laughs> the first and foremost commandment is God. The, God is God. There is no other God. And, and he says here, um, the Lord your God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord out of and with all your heart. And out of and with all your mind. And out of and with all of your strength. Someone say amen. amen. All right, so what does that mean? That, that means every action, every thought comes from a place of love. Now, the more I started to think about it, the more I realized how, how difficult or how such a simple concept it is, but how so few people actually grasp what real, real, real love is. And so few people have actually experienced true, real, deep, meaningful love. I, I try to think about what love is. Um, and one of the analogies that, that I think about is, you know, as a, as a musician, when you start learning an instrument. How many of you know? How many of you have tried to at least play an instrument? Put up your hands. All right. Okay. Is what I say. Sixty percent of the room. Okay. And and so what happens when you learn an instrument? You 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 start off and you you got to first be learned how to how to count and it's like one two three four and then you got to learn the notes and where that actually is on the instrument that you're playing. And then something amazing happens. If you put a lot of practice into it, you no longer have to think about what you're doing. And you actually start to do it out of your heart and, and do it out of the inside. And, and that's really God and what he's saying or what he's calling us to in a relationship with him is we, we can't think hard on a relationship with God. You can't think hard on a relationship uh, or any relationship that you have, but but real love really is just this like, wow, I'm experiencing him. So sometimes I'll get up to have a quiet time, and then God will say, just go sit outside. 
and I'll go outside and, and that'll be way better on that morning than reading 10 chapters of, you know, Leviticus or something. <laughs> but it will have so much more meaning. I'll be running out in the mountain and suddenly this joy will come over me and the first words I'll say is, thank you, Jesus. Wow, this is just awesome. And so I get to just experience him. And, and then sometimes scripture and experience come together and then it's like, whoa, wow. We were driving down in the Cape and we, we had rented a camper van. I, I mean, how many of you know life is just awesome in a camper van? And we're just cruising and it's just big windows and the Cape just looked so much more beautiful and and we come over this hill and Josh Baldwin was singing for us in our camper van, you know, and, and he started singing the song Into the Wild. Into the wild. Oh. I can't sing, right? It's <laughs> good. That's my first one. I'm still thinking about singing. <laughs> and he says, it's time to dream like a child again. Into the wild. Oh, you know. Letting go is where life begins. Yes, I can see it now. And these are the words that we're sitting in the cave, we're driving in the cape. He says, yes, I can see it now. Heaven is all around. And we are like, <sighs> and the tears just like, seriously, like God. <laughs> so he has an experience that God wants me to have. I can't recreate that moment. But you had to experience it. And so that's what God does in our hearts. He, he, he wants us to experience him so that you're always experiencing that feeling. That feeling of love. That feeling of, wow, I, heaven is really all around. It's more of an experience than something you can think or act or do. And so he's calling on us to, to really engage with our hearts, the place we're at. And, and society really struggles. I, I've been to, in the last five years, over nine, to over 90 weddings. And at most weddings, they'll say something like, The formalities are going to get going. And then it's formalities. And the pastor, like, I would say 60 out of 90 weddings, the pastor preached the same sermon on the, the, the three chords that bind together. Not easily. It's a good word, but man, after 60 weddings. <laughs> and I realized that people go through the formalities of life without really engaging in the heart of what God wants to do. And then we go to the reception, and you think that's going to be the party, and everyone's actually just waiting for the end. Because first we must say thank you to Omar, and thank you to Opa, and thank you to Tani Sani, who no one knows. She made the cake, yes. <laughs> and I, it's so rare. Honestly, it's rare, but there are a few. To go to a wedding, 
to go to something where someone comes and they deliver their heart and they speak from the heart and they bring the heart of what's happening to the table. That's rare. It shouldn't be rare. We're people that are filled with passion. We're people that are filled with substance. We're filled with the very Spirit of God. And then we go and it's like, these are the formalities. And while the formalities are happening, everyone's just wishing that dinner can come sooner. And then we can quickly dance three times and go home. Don't put me on the dance table floor. I'm still thinking about dancing. <laughs> Bernadine's greatest frustration in life. <laughs> I wish I could take a drum kit with me to, to the, then I could be like in my space. <laughs> Just show people that I actually have a beat. And <laughs> but really that's what I realized. Just observing. Just just observing. Most people are just okay with the formalities. They haven't really tapped into the heart of God. They haven't really tapped into the fullness of what. And if that's the way the marriage begins, how do you think the marriage is going to go? It's going to be a marriage of formalities. What was that, Audrey? I saw you stab Chat in the ribs there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, God just stirred on my heart. He says, I want you to live life filled with love. But first, you have to experience my love. And in James, it says, James 1.17, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, from above. So he starts it off. He's like, I am going to first demonstrate love. I'm going to give you every good gift that comes. I haven't even turned there yet. I just need to quickly turn there because it emphasizes. I just want to emphasize this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father, in whom there is no variation. Oh, here's the thing I wanted to say. Every good gift, every perfect gift. And then it emphasizes the word perfect. What does perfect mean? It's free. It's perfect. It's free. It's large. And it's full. So God gives everything to you. He gives something that is free. He gives something that is large. He gives something that is full. And I see it in church. We get, we get awkward in worship time. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to respond. We don't know how to give our whole hearts. This is why we sing songs. This is why we have a moment of worship. It's so that you can come, gather together as a congregation, and experience something that is free, that is large. It's large. It's loud. <laughs> and it is full. Nothing lacking. And that's that gift that God gives us. In Mark 12, Jesus tells a story. And he says, and A man planted a vineyard, and he put a hedge around it, and he dug a pit for the wine press, and he built a tower, and he led it out to the vine dressers, 
and he went to another country. Now, what, what this man had done is he's built Babylon's Turin. Anyone been to Babylon's Turin in the Cape? It's the oldest farm in South Africa, one of the oldest farms in South Africa. But when you walk into this garden, it is immaculate. It is an out-of-this-world experience. They're not paying for advertising. I'm just telling you what we experienced. <laughs> and so I want to make it, if you, go to the Cape, if you go to the Cape, make sure you get to go to Babylon's Turin. It is Turin. Let's rather say that. Babylon's Turin. It is, it is just one of the most beautiful things you can experience in terms of organized, in terms of beautiful, in terms of just, you just walk around and like, wow, how did, how, 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 how is this even possible? How do they hedge apple trees and create these little spaces where you can walk in? And we went in spring, so everything was just, just even more amazing. And my, and my wife's there and I'm like, oh man, the glory of God is just, okay. And you're walking there and you're just like, what? This is unbelievable. And, and so this is what, this is what. The man did. He, he planted the vineyard. He put hedges around it and trimmed them to perfection. He dug a pit for the wine press. He built the towers. So what they received was full. It was large. And it was actually free. Because all they had to do was live in it. And enjoy it and enjoy the fruit. And out of that fruit, give their tenth. Out of that fruit, give their first fruits. But, but actually, he made it easy for them. God makes it easy for us. He gives his whole heart. And out of that come the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so they are like a vineyard. They are like beautiful trimmed hedges. They are like, just think for a moment what your dream garden looks like. Anyone got a dream garden? Anyone? Okay. All right, still got five people. The rest of you, you like gray apartment blocks. What's your style? What's happening? Anyone got a dream garden? What does it look like? Can I hear what someone's garden looks like? Shout it out. Justin says large. Lush, green, rich. Mine has got lawns that expand forever. Little tractor lawnmower. Soccer goalposts. <laughs> Feinbos, says Bernadine. Proteus. Think about what your dream, dream, dream garden looks like. Doesn't it tell you something about who you are and what you love to experience? Isn't it amazing to be able to walk out into a garden and go, <sighs> our dog passed away two years ago. And I walked out onto the lawn after week two and I was like, wow, I don't have to pick up dog poo anymore. Wow. <laughs> I really loved our dog, trust me. <laughs> so did our neighborhood. His name was Mustang. And people said, where's Mustang? And I was like, oh, my lawn. <laughs> I 
So you uh, leave you guys out of Airedale, yeah? yeah, yeah. It's it's, and so we just in, I just walk out and I'm like, man, I just love being in this God, and I experience God's love there. I really do. I really experience God's love in that. Now my phone is gone dead. Don't do that. Okay. So. What happened is they lived in this garden, and when the season came, the man sent the bondservant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. How many of you know that it cost them nothing to provide the fruit? He didn't send them to collect anything from them that cost them something. He, collect, he sent the bondservant to collect something that was expected to grow. Remember, the man who planted the vineyards already put down the investment. He already planted the vines that were going to produce the fruit. These guys who were living on that property didn't even plant the vineyards. All they needed to do was give that which was already given to them. And that's really what love is in our hearts as well. Love is something that God gives us and we get to give. And it doesn't cost us to have love. It's there. It's there if we're living in the garden. But, but something else happens. So, so the man sent the, the bondservant, and when, they, when, when he came to collect from the vineyard, but they took him and they beat him and sent him away without anything. And again he sent to them another, and they stoned him and wounded him and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and, and that one they killed. These guys have anger issues. And then many others, and some they beat, and some they put to, get, put to death. But he had one more, one left, which was his beloved son. And he sent them, saying, Surely they'll respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, Here is the heir. Come on, let's put him to death, and then the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw his body outside of the vineyard. Now what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not even read this? The very stone, uh, the, have you not even read this scripture? The very stone which after putting it to the test, the build is rejected and has become the head or the cornerstone. This is from the Lord and is his, is his doing. Is this not marvelous in our eyes? So this is really a parable about Jesus and about the fact that when Jesus came, he came out of God's love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So this is really a parable of God's love for us. But then he said, and they rejected the cornerstone. Now it's easy to say they did back then, 2,000 years ago. But the truth is, each and every one of us have Jesus that comes to us. We have Jesus given to us. And sometimes, no, unknowingly, we reject his love for us. We reject his power over us. But it doesn't start there. There's others that come before him. So, you might have a neighbor. You might have a friend, a wife, a husband, children. These are all people that come even before Jesus does. 
And some of them come really out of love, come carrying the Spirit of God. And sometimes we reject them. Now that sounds like, what are you talking about, Daniel? (laughs) Well, I was talking about the anger issues. Every time we exercise anger, we actually reject those we love. Hello? Christoph's like, (laughs) can I say this to you? Every time you express anger, and every time you allow anger to be the source of your action and your words, you reject those you love. I want to go to James in that. And, and here's where this comes from. I, I started thinking about anger and, and what it does to my heart. And I was just spending time. Now, hypothetically, there's this guy. Might be a true story. Might not be. Goes for breakfast in his own kitchen. And uh, I get to the, it's me, I get to the kitchen. <laughs> trying to think how I'm going to retell this story. <laughs> Can't hide it. I go to the kitchen and I'm like, today is going to be an awesome day. Today is just going to be amazing. I'm, I'm in my beautiful garden. Okay, so I want you to picture yourself in your beautiful garden, the, the perfect garden. I mean, it's just amazing. You, you, you're, you're going for breakfast in your beautiful garden. And uh, I go to the kitchen and I, I decide I'm going to have wheat picks for breakfast. Anyone like wheat picks for breakfast? All right, it's good, good breakfast, good one. I pour my wheat picks in the bowl. I break it up to just the right consistency. I, I love my wheat picks a little bit crunchy. I don't like, you know, I don't like hot milk and then it's like, it's like, you know, you might as well just take a loaf of bread and soak it and then mix it. It's like just gross, you know. So, so I like my, my wheat picks a little bit crunchy and, and I just, I like that milk, like a chilled, you know, and, and two and a half teaspoons of sugar exactly just two is just a little, three is too much, right? And uh, it's just, just like, you know, and I mix the sugar in and now I get ready for, because I'm going to pour the milk and then I'm going to go, right? That's like, that's how it's going to work. So it's, it's wet, cold, but crunchy, like lacquer. And you do, you prep, man, and you're in your garden and you go to the fridge and there's no milk. You're like, hmm. And, and this thought comes, like, which selfish person finished the milk before I could? <laughs> Who done it? <laughs> For some reason, you're like, you're thinking, so, so now, now I'm in my garden, I'm, I'm in my perfect space, it's beautiful. And something pops up. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weed. And, and it, it looks nice, and, and I'm like looking at it like, I like that. I like that. That it's nice. I, yeah. I, I, who done it? Mm. I, I like that. Who finished the milk? Anyone done that before? <laughs> like someone's gonna say, "Yes, I finished it. I'm so sorry." <laughs> 
Okay, so now I'm like, all right, no, 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 fine, fine, fine. Hmm. It's nice. I'm going to go uh, buy milk. I will be the noble steed. I will get in my car. I'm going to go down. I'm going to be the savior of the day. Don't worry, people. I got this. And off I go down to engine. Now, I chose engine because I like their fuel more. All right? So I'm going to also put fuel in. That's awesome. Plan to put fuel in anyway. Go down, top up a tank of fuel, get out the car while the petrol's running, going to go get milk. No, sorry, sir, we don't have milk. (laughs) Who manages this place? Do you guys even have brains? People need milk in the morning. And I'm like, with those three together, they look amazing. I like it. Okay, no problem. No problem. Pay my fuel. I'm going to Total now. Total has milk. Awesome. Happiness. Get home. Okay, but now we're late for school. Like, okay, uh, all right, kids, it's your fault you're late. Come on, guys, you should have been in the car already. I said in the car, not in the kitchen area. In the, do you know even what in the car means? It's in, like, get in, three next to each other. No, you sit in the back, you sit in the front. Hum, hum, and you're off to, and we go past Vicky and them's house. Wow. You haven't heard a nice friendly hoot because, okay, and I don't know why, but some people don't understand the 60 degree speed limit, the 60 kilometer, you know, like 60, 60, you know, the 60 kilometer per hour speed limit. That means thou shalt not drive faster than 60. Thou shalt also not drive slower than 60. (laughs) And now you're behind a lady, and it's always a lady. It's never a guy. (laughs) But exactly. And suddenly I am angry with the entire female human race. (laughs) And angry with people who drink milk first. And angry with people who don't stock milk. And there's these things. They over there. And I'm like, I like that. I like that. But what happens then is they start to to grow and they seed out. And then they start to grow little thorns. And then you, you start to you start to realize that you're a little bit prickly. <laughs> Other people are like, that guy's prickly. <laughs> The thing is, you're walking around in your weeds, and, and you're, you're just getting more and more frustrated, and you're just angry, and you're upset, and so what happens is it starts to take over the way you think, and, and actually James is, is so, I love James. James, I, man, what a guy. He says, and we read this earlier, every good gift comes from the Lord, but he says this in verse 19. This is a good one. Understand this, my beloved. Let every man be quick to hear, 
Be slow to speak, slow to take offense, and slow to get angry. For man's anger, and I, as I read this on Monday, I was sitting, it just hit me like, man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. In other words, there is no good reason to be angry. And anger will never accomplish anything. Anger will never accomplish anything. There is no good reason to go, yes, I'm going to embrace anger. Anger always sets you back. And then it says here, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth. This is those weeds that have just grown over the entire garden. Get rid of the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble spirit receive and welcome the word which is implanted and rooted in your heart. So James is saying, God's word is already implanted and rooted in your heart, in your garden. But it's when we embrace anger as a tool, when we embrace anger as something that we can use, that it grows and becomes an overgrowth, a rampant outgrowth. It's, it's weeds that have gone out of control. And if those weeds are in place, then God's word can't come out and be alive in your spirit and in your heart. God's love can't be on display. I don't know, am I speaking to an angry crowd this morning? <laughs> no, says <laughs> Yerusha. All righty. Jesus said in another parable, he said, the word is sown as a seed. But some, for, some, for some, the cares and the worries of the world have choked the word's ability to grow. I want to say this, that the cares and the worries of the world will not get to you, will not affect you, will not harm you if there aren't the seeds of anger, if there isn't the outgrowth, the overgrowth of anger. The cares and the worries of the world are the reactions in anger to the world. Because we, we don't live in a perfect world. We don't live in a, God's, God, God is still working on our world. And we believe that the knowledge of the glory of the earth will cover this earth like water covers the seas. We believe that there will be a day where you don't have to speak to your neighbor and say, do you know God? Because everyone will know God and experience God. We're waiting for that day. But right now we're still in a world that doesn't fully comprehend. The world, the world and the earth, uh, all of creation, all of us as believers, we're still groaning for the manifestation of God's sons to be made manifest in our lives. That, that's what we're waiting for. And in that time, when, when the world comes at us, we're, we're not affected by it, we're not conformed to it, we're not changed by it, but we respond out of the love of Jesus Christ. And so God says, get rid of of the rampant outgrowth. Love is not something you can fabricate. Love is not something you can strive for. 
And this is what I want to make so clear today. God has already given you the garden. So you don't have to create love. His word says, pluck the other stuff out. And so we spend so much time trying to be something when God is actually saying, pluck it out. If you work at getting rid of what shouldn't be there, what's left behind is what God or who God created you to be. Is who is your garden, is that perfect picture, is that beautiful creation. But we get taught because our parents, my parents were amazing. My mom's sitting here. But we get taught that we're imperfect. We get taught that we were born with a sinful nature. We get taught that we weren't created perfectly. And actually God created you fearfully and wonderfully. He gave you everything in the fullness of his love. Jesus died for you even before the beginning of time. It says in the beginning was the word. So he set it up so perfect, so beautiful. He set you up so perfect, so beautiful. But it's, it's our hearts that have gone and looked at those things and we're like, I like that. Our kids come with, you know, those dandelions. They run across my lawn. Daddy, I'm going to blow this. I'm like, stop. (laughs) I'm like, there's a weed. They are like, there's fun. (laughs) And even that is is just an example of, of how God wants us to be. He wants us to have fun. He wants us to have joy and hope and faith. But not allow the seeds of anger to take root and exist in our hearts. Justin just said today, God wants to trade. Jesus says, come to me all who are wearied, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.